Welcome to the Key Wealth Matters weekly podcast, where we casually ramble on about important topics, including the markets, the economy, human ingenuity, and almost anything under the sun, giving you the keys to unlock the mysteries of the markets and investing. Today is Friday, January 13th, 2023. I'm your host, Brian Peterangelo, and welcome to the podcast. As we head into the holiday weekend, it's worth pausing for a moment to remember and honor the life and work of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. And with me today for today's podcast, I'd like to introduce our panel of investing experts here to provide their insights on this week's market activity. Steve Haight, Head of Equities, and Rajiv Sharma, Head of Fixed Income. As a reminder, a lot of great content is available on key.com slash wealth insights, including updates from our Wealth Institute on many different subjects, and especially our Key Questions article series, addressing a relevant topic for investors each Wednesday. In addition, if you have any questions or need more information, please reach out to your financial advisor. Taking a look at this week's economic news, the calendar was very light, with the dominant theme being the release of the Consumer Price Index inflation print that came out just yesterday. Most of the data points came in as expected or close to expected. And in particular, for the first time in more than two years, the month-over-month CPI print for headline CPI actually decreased from the prior month in December versus November at a negative 0.1% inflation. Now, this differs significantly from what we would call an actual decrease in prices rather than just a lower increase from the month before, as we have seen for the past few months. And for the 12 months ending in December, we actually saw inflation come in less than the prior month in November. For 12 months at a core headline level, the December number was 6.5% increase versus 7.1% in November. And if you exclude food and energy, the core inflation in December, again, was 5.7% versus 6.0% in November. We'll be sure to get Rajiv's reaction to what these numbers might be in anticipation of the Federal Reserve's upcoming meeting ending here in February 1st. But before we do that, we're going to turn to Steve to get his outlook on some recent positive numbers that we've seen in the overall stock market over the last week or so, in addition to the fact that we are beginning earnings season for Q4 of 2022. So Steve, when you think about earnings season and you think about the rally that we've had a little bit, what are your observations in the market? What are your thoughts for the remainder of January? Brian, it's been an interesting start to the new year, to say the least. We've seen um, actually quite a bit of improvement here in the performance of risk assets. We're not really quite ready to to say that the coast is clear. Clearly, we we see you know some indications that we're starting to see you know a number of of uh, stocks making new highs, getting closer to areas where we would we would be willing to say, hey, you know, we need to really kind of reassess whether this idea of this consensus idea, uh, which we've talked about before, which is um, that we're going to have a weak first half for stocks and a a strong second half. Um, People may be on the threshold of kind of reassessing whether or not that might be flipped on the other side where where the, the stocks have a strong first half and and maybe the economic news leads to a, a bit of a weaker second half. Who knows? But I'll tell you, it's really been heartening to see um, credit really improve here in the last uh, week to week and a half. We saw CDX spreads enter the year at roughly 480, and those have dropped 50 basis points to 430. So there's definitely been a, a really strong bid to credit. 
Um, and even things that, that we, we've talked about here before, like Bitcoin um, has, has had a pretty uh, good start to the year too. And that just gives you the idea that you know, it's been a risk on environment. And um, you know, I think we see a typical optimistic turn as we flip the calendar, as you start to look around and see a tiny bit more sunlight in the morning, things like this. I mean, it's just human nature to have a positive, optimistic outlook at the start of the year. So to see the markets get off on a, on a, a good foot um, has been um, not necessarily unexpected, but I think maybe the little bit of uh, order of magnitude has been, has been a bit of a surprise to most investors. Steve, in addition to that, we've seen the VIX stay very low for almost a month and a half straight as it consistently uh, varies around 19. Any thoughts on, on the benefits of that? I mean, I think that what we would really like to see is we'd like to see it drop and continue to drop from current levels. We've had pr problems with the market when VIX, the VIX has jumped above 24. And generally speaking, when we've seen it drop below uh, let's say 18 or so, it's been been positive for the market. So we still are hanging out in this kind of no man's land. I, I discussed last week in the chart pack and and on the, uh, the the podcast how basically we hadn't really gone anywhere from a market's perspective since the middle of December. We've started to inflect higher here, and it really would expect the volatility uh, in the market to drop if we are going to see a bullish resolution to the upside. Great. Last question, Steve, before we move on, is your thoughts on earnings season as we begin today, a lot with the bank stocks. What might that tell us about the broader economy? Well, let me tell you, I think that when we think about uh, corporate earnings, earnings have been on the downtrend here over the last few months. We do believe that's likely going to continue as we move through earnings season. It's really interesting, though, when we start to think about the intersection of um, co corporate earnings and what people are talking about in those calls and, and things like inflation. Inflation is an important driver of uh, profit margins and wages are a, a driver of both inflation and profit margins. Um, inflation has three components when you think about it, goods prices, housing, and services. Services inflation tends to be driven by wages because wages are 60% of the corporate costs. So, you know, when we think about uh, wage growth, um, if wage growth remains high, it's going to uh, eventually pressure profit margins and, and potentially push, uh, push earnings numbers lower, uh, while at the same time pushing inflation higher. So, you know, we think that that is going to be something that clearly the Fed remains very focused on. Um, this cycle clearly has some differential from past ones. The starting point for wage growth is high. Uh, wages have been sticky into modestly rising uh, unemployment, which is something we really haven't seen before. Um, there's a whole host of reasons for that. Labor's got increased bars at bargaining power because of a whole bunch of things, such as lower legal immigration, onshoring, higher minimum wages due to politics, other stuff. Um, but, you know, I think that when the Fed has said that they want to see unemployment gets us, what, I think 4.6% in order to get wages under control, we remain a long way away from that, um, even with uh, you know, inflation coming under what seems to be a pretty decent control right now. I mean, we're, we, we inflected lower in the middle of the summer last year, um, and, and the trend there looks to be lower for at least the next six months. 
Steve, that's a great segue. As we talk about inflation print yesterday that came in overall 7.1% in November down to 6.5% in December. And then core excluding food and energy dropped from 6.0 from November to 5.7 in December. So Rajiv, what do you think this means overall in terms of the Fed, potential rate hike schedules and terminal rate and everything else going on with the Fed in terms of managing this overall jobs environment and the inflation environment? Oh yeah, thank you, Brian. And um, <clears throat> I do think the December CPI number was pretty much what the fixed income markets uh, anticipated, they expected. They expected to see that trend move lower. Uh, after the CPI print, we did see shorter tenor bonds start to underperform a little bit, and we saw the yield curve steepen. Although uh, after the dust settled from the inflation print, we did see yields drift even lower, and the print followed, but was followed by a pretty strong bond auction in the 30-year space yesterday as well. So a lot, of, a lot of things were happening in the market uh, besides just the CPI print. But all this in, in aggregate, uh, the market consensus now thinks that you know we're on the right track, inflation I think the market participants are thinking that inflation is cooling. If you look at market consensus right now for the Fed, uh, they're looking at a 25 base point rate hike uh, at the February FOMC meeting. Uh, so right before we got that CPI print, uh, the market was anticipating about 28 basis points, which you can equate to about 25 basis points of a rate hike in February. Uh, that consensus remained intact, 25 basis points. Uh, we also heard from some uh, Fed members who supported 25 base point rate hikes going forward. Uh, for example, uh, Fed Speaker Harker and Collins, they came out, they said 25 base point rate hikes should be appropriate going forward. I mean, as you know, that we saw those 75 base point rate hikes last year, followed by a 50 base point rate hike in December. So maybe we're trending in that direction to get back to 25 base point rate hikes. But then at the same time, you did have Fed Speaker Bullard come out and say, no, we have to get to 5% as soon as possible for the Fed terminal rate. And if that means front-loading rate hikes, we do it now uh, because his statements kind of felt that the market's been a little overly optimistic about inflation coming down. But even from some of this noise from the Fed talk, on the whole, uh, I think the fixed income market started the year off very strongly. Uh, the auctions were also very strong, as I mentioned. Yields moved lower yesterday, around 11 basis points across the belly of the curve. And that's right after the inflation print that showed that inflation is showing some signs of cooling. And then that rally was helped, as I mentioned, by the strong auctions this week as well. So if you look at the twos tens curve, uh, it remains inverted. Uh, right before the CPI print, we had an inversion of about uh, 70 basis points. Uh, now we stand around 60 to 62 basis points of an inversion. It's still inverted. Uh, again, when you see the curve inverted, we've talked about this before, that gives a strong signal that there is a recession looming or coming around the corner. And uh, I think market participants are saying, look, the curve is inverted. The Fed has to do something. Uh, the Fed has not wavered from their statements, really, as far as what their written statements are, that they need to continue to work on bringing inflation down. Even though fixed income, as we said, is off to a really good start of the, of the year, um, it's interesting to see that, you know, if you just look at last week, we saw the 10-year yields, 10-year Treasury yields, lower by 25 basis points. Um, I'm thinking investors might be taking a breather at this point. Uh, there's quite a big move. That's a big move to start the year off. Uh, everything seems to be going in the right direction, but I could imagine a little bit of a breather. I'm sure earnings are going to be important as well, especially for corporate bonds, just seeing what the narrative is with the earnings season. Uh, there's still that disconnect between expected rate cuts. The market is expecting rate cuts later this year. The Fed has not indicated that they'll have any rate cuts till 2024. That need, that disconnect needs to be resolved. Uh, 
And I know that the Fed members today, they're going to speak to other, we have a few Fed members today also, they're going to speak to stuff about sticky prices and services. They're going to talk about the strong U.S. labor market, and that would keep the Fed on track to keep their rate hiking program. Uh, as Steve mentioned, corporate credit, uh, bond spreads have been very well behaved. I would point out that we've had a tremendous amount of new supply to start off the year. Uh, the first two weeks of the year, we've seen uh, a lot of new supply come to market, get easily absorbed. And that means that uh, market, the market is really looking for corporate bonds. Corporate bonds continue to be in favor. We're seeing inflows into corporate bond ETFs. And we're going to continue to watch that trend going forward to see if that continues or do we take a breather at this point. Great, Rajiv. So let's put that all together in, in sort of some easy math for the audience. We ended 2022 with the upper limit of the Fed funds rate at 4.5%. If there's if their December projections take us up to a little bit above five, that means there's some type of room for two or three more 25 basis point increases until they get to their expected terminal rate. We've got February 1st, March 22nd, and May 3rd as the next three Fed meetings. Do you think they'll go 25 each? And we've got a whole bunch of CPI reports, other inflation reports other jobs reports to happen in the next three months that will really put a wild card into what the Fed goes. But what's your ultimate thought for the next three months? My ultimate thought here is I think the Fed continues to go higher. I mean, we talk about 25 basis points. We act like that's a, uh, it's become a notion that that's a slowdown and then the pace is much slower. But if we look at historical, historical facts, 25 basis points is generally where the Fed always uh, leans on. When we started seeing 75 basis points, that almost became the norm. And we started anticipating 75 basis points. So yes, pace is very important. I do think we go three, three more times, 25 basis points. The Fed is not going to stop until they get this uh, under control. Uh, showing cooling is the right way to, to look at it, showing that uh, we're going in the right direction is the right way to look at it. But the Fed's gonna want us to get to that 2% target. We don't get there unless we start, uh, unless we continue to do a rate hiking program of 25 basis points. If we get to 5% on the Fed terminal rate, I can imagine at that point a pause, but I don't see rate cuts uh, unless the narrative really starts to change. And we haven't seen that. Labor market remains very strong. Great. Last question we talk about foreign investors. There's income and fixed income again. So generally speaking, this is decent for bonds. Would you agree? I agree. I agree. We're starting the year off. Uh, the investors feel that way. Uh, we've been in this holding pattern for so long where the income wasn't there in fixed income. You had your two-year stuck at 14 basis points for, for a very long time. We're starting to get yields in the in front end of the, of the yield curve that we haven't seen for a very long time. You continue to see uh, money pouring into fixed income as we start the year off. And I think that the real notion here is risk on remains a, a part of it. But also, you know, you, you don't have to go really far out in the curve to really pick up some good some good yield. If you can get over four and a half percent in the short duration products. I think that's a, that's a really strong uh, place to be right now. As usual, thanks for the conversation today, Stephen and Rajiv. We appreciate your insights. And thanks to our listeners for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe to the Key Wealth Matters podcast through your favorite podcast app. And as always, past performance is no guarantee of future results. And we know your financial situation is personal to you. So reach out to your relationship manager, portfolio strategist, or financial advisor for more information. And we'll catch up with you next week to see how the world and the markets have changed and provide those keys to help you achieve your financial success. The Key Wealth Matters podcast is produced by the Key Wealth Institute. The Key Wealth Institute is comprised of financial professionals representing key entities, including key private bank, key bank institutional advisors, key private client, and key investment services. 
Any opinions, projections, or recommendations contained herein are subject to change without notice and are not intended as individual investment advice. This material is presented for informational purposes only and should not be construed as individual tax or financial advice. Bank and trust products are provided by KeyBank National Association, a member of FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. Key Private Bank and KeyBank Institutional Advisors are part of KeyBank. Investment products, brokerage, and investment advisory services are offered through Key Investment Services, LLC, or KISS, a member of FINRA, SIPC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Insurance products are offered through Key Corp Insurance Agency, USA Incorporated, or KIA. KISS and KIA are affiliated with KeyBank. Investments and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not being guaranteed, may lose value, not a deposit, not insured by any federal or state government agency. KeyBank and its affiliates do not provide tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult their personal tax advisor before making any tax-related investment decisions. This content is copyrighted by KeyCorp 2023.